Welcome to Drilling Deep, where our introduction is just about the coolest thing in all of FreightWaves. You just saw it. I'm sure you can't possibly disagree. Great kudos to our production staff for doing that. I'm your host, John Kingston. We call this Drilling Deep because it's about a lot of things that we drill deep into, but it's also about oil and diesel, and you can't get diesel unless you get oil, and you can't get oil unless you drill for it. Our guest today is Matt Harris. He's the president of Pathway Leasing. He's going to talk about the whole leasing business. We've had him on when we were just an audio podcast. He's always got a great perspective as one of the largest providers of leases to drivers. He'll be here in a few minutes. Over the almost three years that I've been doing Drilling Deep, I always started the program with a discussion about diesel or just plain old oil. For months now, all I've talked about is the price rather than some longer term structural issues about guaranteeing a good supply of petroleum. And I'm sure you understand why. Maybe we can get back to talking about that someday, but this week is not going to be the week. Given everything that's going on, I think that for today, I just have to stick with the price discussion. And from the perspective of consumers, I've got some news that at first I thought was good news, but now I'm not so sure. I thought it might be good until I saw Thursday's numbers. I'm recording this on Thursday. Uh, And by the time you watch this, everything I say might be totally out of date. That's just today's market. So one thing I've talked about a lot is that diesel consumers need to understand that the price of diesel is going to be mostly set by the price of crude, but it's also going to be set by the spread between the price of diesel and the price of the price of diesel on the spot and wholesale spot and futures markets and the price of crude. And that gap eventually shows up in the wholesale price and that wholesale price will eventually show up at the pump. That spread has been nuts of late and it is way above historic norms. What I was going to say when I sat down to write this, when I thought that maybe it was good news, was that the spread between Brent and diesel was starting to show some signs of coming down, and it has. I was also going to say that it might have stabilized, but then today, Thursday, when I'm recording this, it's blowing out again. And besides, it's only really come down from the stratosphere, so things are still way beyond historical levels, and that is showing up in part in what you pay at the pump. A month ago, a gallon of diesel was almost a dollar fifty higher than the price of Brent crude oil. That's not retail. That's at the futures market level. That spread actually got out to a dollar sixty by one measure soon after that. Today it's down to about a dollar twenty. But the volatility continues. It actually dropped about. It actually dropped below a dollar earlier this week, and now, as I said, it's up to about one twenty. And the spread averaged about forty cents last year. And now, of course, as I said, again, it's up to about $1.20. That is 80 cents that you'll eventually pay at the pump. What I can't figure out is how much of this is structural. Is it because of the marine fuels rule known as IMO 2020 that it maybe has permanently tightened diesel markets? I don't think you can ignore that possibility. Is it temporary because diesel inventories are so tight and the world is actually finding itself not all that short of crude as Most of the efforts to quarantine Russian supplies have pretty much flopped. If so, if that's the case, then things will ease eventually. Or is is it that the world, particularly the U.S., increasingly is producing light crudes that don't have a great yield of products like diesel? The evidence on that is mixed, but I think that's a possibility. Or is it real short-term in the value of the dollar going higher, and that's having more impact on crude, which is more of a, a traded commodity than diesel, And the stronger dollar is not really affecting the price of diesel that much. Remember, a stronger dollar tends to work to push down the price of oil. I really don't know. 
I wish I knew. And again, what I don't know is that if diesel has moved to a permanently higher level against crude, and crude is a market that tends to be more correlated with markets and economic activity, what does that mean for the ability of truckers to capture their fuel costs or the ability of shippers to withstand higher diesel costs through fuel surcharges? Diesel has always had that sort of predictable rhythm with the rest of the market. What if that rhythm is gone? Come talk to me in a year. We'll see where diesel is then. We're going to move on now here on Drilling Deep. Let me say that there may be no other part of the trucking business that is more central to its operations and at the same time more controversial than the lease. Critics say it brings drivers in and ties them into deals that they can never win at. Its defenders point to the huge number of people who have successfully leased trucks, paid off their lease, and then own their vehicle to become a true independent operator really beholden to nobody. And leases have become un- come, come under yet another round of scrutiny because of a couple of things. First of all, we have AB5 in California with its still, uh, still to be determined impact on the whole issue of leasing and being an independent contractor. Second, we have a recent opinion passed down in federal court in a case involving Schneider and Pathway Leasing, where an appellate court kicked the case back to the lower court with its very clear view that drivers operating under the Pathway Lease were independent contractors and not employees. And on top of all of that, you've got a drop in rates, which may have strained some people in their ability to pay off their lease. So I thought it was a good time here on Drilling Deep to check in with Matt Harris. He is the president of Pathway Leasing, and we're going to talk to him to get an overview of what's happening out in the market. Uh, Matt was a guest of mine when Drilling Deep was an audio only, and now we have his face with a great Denver, be- great beautiful blue sky Denver in the background. Matt, welcome to welcome back to Drilling Deep. Thanks for having me, John. One thing I did want to just mention really fast is uh, Schneider was not part of that uh, CFI or Conway and XPO. Okay, part of that. I, I'm sorry. I was thinking I was getting confused with uh, getting it confused with another one. So I take that back. Anyway, let's 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 move on. You know, one one story that I write every quarter because I just think it's it's a great story is the trucking earnings, the transportation earnings from BMO. BMO is a major lender uh, to the trucking industry. They have well over 10,000 clients. And I've always felt that if things were to go, were going south with independent operators and small fleets, that you would see it in, in the numbers. Now, they came out with their numbers a few weeks ago. Their quarter ends a little later than everybody else. So it was their third quarter that ended at the end of July. And there was really nothing in these numbers to suggest that there was any significant weakness out there. Uh, their number, their write-offs increased somewhat, but from a very low base. And the number of loans that they had to put into reserve uh, or account, you know, account for reserves uh, actually dropped. So that would suggest that uh, the small people out there, many of whom I think are probably operating under a lease, are doing okay. Are you seeing that? We're certainly seeing that. Um, you know, I, I would say the um, last half of, of last year, and the first four months of this year, I've never seen anything like that in the, the 20 years that I've been in this industry. Uh, so when, when that's your frame of reference, it's pretty hard to, uh, to, to put things that are going on today in perspective. But if you've been around a little longer, then, then you know that uh, we're still in historically fantastic times. Um, the spot market has definitely softened uh, from where it was, but it was, it was really at, at such highs that, that, probably weren't uh, sustainable. And so now we're seeing contract, a lot of independent contractors shift to away from having their own authority um, 
and just running the load boards to going under someone else's operating authority and doing quite well. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, I, I also write the story for Freightways every month when the BLS employment statistics come out. And, uh, you know, I was talking to one person who says he, he, he reads the, the recent numbers as suggesting just that, that people who were independent are now becoming employees. Uh, I mean, if they're operating under somebody else's authority, I think for the purposes of the BLS numbers, they are considered employees. And the pretty significant growth in the number of driver jobs out there, he said, suggests people moving away from independent to, to under somebody else's authority. So how does that work? Um, they're, they're not considered independent anymore. Uh, do they, they still have a truck that they're paying, making lease payments under? I, I'm not sure exactly how uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics would uh, categorize that, but they would certainly be independent contractor, uh, be considered independent contractors under IRS guidelines uh, and, and Department of Labor. Um, so I, I would assume that they... Uh, would be considered independent because uh, they are independent contractors uh, getting receiving a 1099 uh, for uh, for their business, and so um, you know a lot have shifted just just running under contracted freight because uh, the the cares and you don't even have to be that large, but very few uh, one truck operations can go out and and land a significant contract tall freight for. Um, someone who's going to, a company that's going to have it uh, consistently throughout the year and going to be able to sustain their business. So when somebody does that, when they're out on their own and then just, then they decide to run under somebody else's authority, what are the pros and cons of it? And I, I guess the pro is that there's certainly a safety blanket out there. Uh, particularly on insurance, uh, you no longer have to pay your own insurance, right? I believe you run under the, the truck company, the truck, the trucking company's insurance, but you lose some flexibility. So when somebody decides to do that, what do they weigh? Yeah, the, I mean, you you hit on a couple of them for sure. And, and there's no one thing that every carrier offers, uh, say, a fuel discount program or every carrier offers running under their authority, uh, great insurance programs. But usually those would be the benefits you're looking for is, is taking advantage of scale uh, that, that, again, as a single truck operator, you may not be able to do to, to get on your own. Also, I would say just access to equipment. Um, right now, with not only trucks um, and, and seemingly everything uh, throughout the supply chain is is in very short supply, um, you know, access to trailers and, and being able to really operate uh, truly under your own authority presents a lot of challenges today. Um, your costs go up significantly. Uh, you do have to, um, you know, unless you have a dispatch service that, that you can just fine. And again, as the spot market drops, some of those other things that people would take on, those other costs people would take on um, before when you know you're getting four dollars a mile or or something like that was 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 certainly not uncommon. Uh, a lot of those added expenses, it's it's pretty harder to um, uh, to put those someplace and still get a desirable margin. So you're exactly right that the things you're getting are are scale, um, certainly um, sophistication with with uh, software that can help you optimize the way you you uh, run your business, um, access to freight and uh, and and fuel discounts, fuel surcharges that are built into contracts are just some of the things that the people would get from being uh, contracted to a carrier. When you go back under somebody's authority, let's say somebody's independent, they say, you know what, getting kind of tough out there. I think I'm going to go back under somebody's authority. 
Uh, how long is the commitment or is it month to month? Can you go back on your own at any time? Most of the ones I've seen are, are uh, while a, a company may want a certain amount of notice, which I, I don't think I've ever heard of anything outside of a month that a carrier is asking for an independent contractor to give. Um, it, it's really, um, they, they can cancel at any time, just as the carrier can cancel at any time. Now, let's say a driver has a lease through Pathway Leasing. Could be anybody. We'll say it's you for now. Uh, could be another company. And then they decide to go under their authority. Does that change anything? Or simply do they have to take, instead of taking the revenue or a portion of the revenue that they got as an independent contractor, now they're getting money on a 1099 from a trucking company. They still have to make the payment to you just as they did before. Or is there any difference there? There's a difference, certainly, in, in the way we look at the risk profile of that client. So uh, for some of our clients, there would be no change uh, to what they have to do. They already um, have qualified and, and, and meet uh, the requirements we'd have for someone to, to run under their own operating authority. Um, for others, there would be uh, credit requirements they'd have to meet um, and, and down payment uh, requirements they would have to meet. You mentioned equipment shortages before. Was that hindering your business at all? Were there people who were raring to go at the higher rates? They wanted to go out on their own, wanted to be their, you know, their own boss, but they simply couldn't get the equipment to lease. Uh, it it has. Um, it, it it's been. Uh, I think it almost two years since we've had um, any equipment in inventory, and and so you know, inventory. If you have too much of it, it can certainly be um, a, a real hindrance to to operating your business. Um, but it, but we're, we find ourselves in a situation where we, we can't get ahead, um, of, of ourselves and, and, and get to where we have some, some equipment where you have someone who, who calls up and, and they're fully qualified. They have a business plan that makes perfect sense and, and they should be successful. And, and the catch is, oh, by the way, you have to wait a couple months to get a truck, which is an awful situation as, as a business, uh, to be in. And an awful situation for the independent contractor um, that, that's ready to go and, and has, has uh, accepted the responsibilities and, and, and everything that goes along being a, a business owner. Uh, but, but now they have to play the waiting game or, or get something, some equipment that's less than desired. Yeah, I'm wondering if this isn't kind of the perfect negative storms. I mean, you, you, you've been mostly positive here, but you've got a situation where the, the, the size of the lease is going to be a function of the price of the vehicle, correct? I'm assuming for trucks, it's the same way it is with cars. Essentially, you negotiate a deal as if you're going to buy it, and then you lease it at that price. Then at the same time, you've got declining rates. So it seemed to me it would be almost like if I went out and leased a car, the car, price of the car was rising, so I had to set a lease based on that. And at the same time, my hourly wage uh, from my employer was falling, which of course that would be a, just a terrible combination. Are we seeing that? Is that what's going on now? Yeah, I would say you know at at certain very recent times, you could decide what you wanted, what role you wanted to fill in this market, and you could carve out a great niche, making a lot of money doing it. Uh, today, I, I would say the market is telling more people what where the needs are and what they need to do. So if you if you're kind of stuck in, in your uh, in, in your way of one, how you want to run your business, um, rather than adjusting to the market conditions, you're going to probably find yourself in trouble. Um, you, you you can't run your business uh, where you're say and, and and make the same margin, of course, uh, to where you're home every night or uh, you're you're 
you're cutting out all these parts of the country that you don't want to go to. And I understand why people want to be home every night. I understand why people uh, would would not want to necessarily deliver uh, to uh, certain parts of the country. But, you know, people in Chicago, people in California, uh, people in New York, they all need their Cheerios, Rice Krispies and, and all other goods that, that we all know are are only brought by a truck. Um, uh, with, without the trucks, then they don't get their goods. So, uh, if you're, if you're not willing to do those things then you can find yourself in certainly, um, in a pretty tough predicament. Yeah, I don't care about the Cheerios and Rice Krispies, but just don't mess with the Trader Joe's high fiber cereal. That's what I use. There you uh, go. All right. Um, let me ask you, what is, what do higher interest rates do to leases? Well, they, they certainly, um, you know, for it, it, it would vary, you know, based on how the company is, is structured. But as my cost of capital goes up, then obviously I have to, in order just to maintain the same margins, then I have to, to charge more. And so we're in a time right now where we're seeing um, really supply side is, is, is affecting pricing. It's not so much that demand is, is, is really just crazy. It's, it's the supply side of the economy is, is in shambles. And little's been done to correct that, and 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 so then when you put on top of it uh, that that we have rising interest rates, then it, it really puts a squeeze on on businesses because you can't grow uh, your your business like you'd like to, and so in order to prevent from um, really scaling back on the people you have operating in your business, and and uh, to prevent from from really dropping your margins, then then of course you have to raise. Uh, prices accordingly. You know, you, if you get too out of whack with it, then the market will correct you because uh, you'll you'll see significant uh, uh, re- repossessions and and uh, the market will punish you pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, thankfully rates are still strong enough, and and the market is good enough, and and plenty of areas where where you can um, still run your your business and 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 raise prices accordingly. And, and the clients can make a healthy profit. All right, let's switch gears and talk about the West Coast. Specifically, let's talk about California and AB5. Uh, we're not going to relitigate all of AB5. We'd be here for hours. Uh, but let's note that one of the solutions to AB5, which is the state's independent contractor law, one of the possible solutions is that a driver who is now an independent and leased to a company uh, would, first of all, they might get hired. That's always a possibility, and that's really what's happening in Universal Logistics. Go back and read the FreightWave story on Universal Logistics. Um, they might step out and get their own authority and then have freight brokered into them, and the company would essentially change its model to become a brokerage company rather than a trucking company. Or there's a third model that talks about the two-check system where uh, a driver might be employed by somebody else, Transforce is the company that's been pushing this, and then uh, lease their um, equipment into the carrier as well. You know, you, you know, leasing as well as anybody, you know, the ins and outs of having your authority and not having your authority and people going back and forth. What do you think is going to be the solution that works out best in California? That, that's a great question. And, and, and I don't know that I have uh, that answer as to what's going to work best. I, I, I think the that third solution you mentioned. Um, uh, the two check, the two check solution. Right with with the two check system. Oh, no, the, actually, the third the third one I mentioned was the brokers. The second one was the two check. The brokers. Yeah. Sorry. So the the two check system, uh, I, I think, is pretty complicated. Um, and and um, I, I would imagine that that one is is going to go through a litigation process um, at at some point. 
Um, you also have really smart people uh, who are trying to figure that out. And, and it's all uh, it, it's all built around uh, really what the drivers want to do. Um, there's no leasing company, at least I haven't. Uh, I, I'm not skilled enough to do it, but I, I don't think a leasing company can talk someone into leasing a truck and contracting. If, if that's not what the driver wants to do. Most drivers who do this do it because one, they feel they have a skill set that's going to lead to um, typically improved profitability, but some of them want it because they, they want more independence. They want to make decisions for themselves. Uh, they don't want uh, someone else telling them not only when they have to run and when they have to drive, uh, but how to maintain the equipment um, and what's really going to be best for them and, 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 everything that goes into anyone having their own business. And, and so I think uh, that that double check method is, is again, it, it could provide some complications. Having your own authority um, sounds easy until you get into the costs of, of doing so. Um, and the, and the number that I've used in some of my reporting, because it's a number, a number that's been told to me, figure $20,000. I, I think you're right. That when, when you just look at insurance costs, um, Insurance costs significantly increase. Uh, again, on average, I mean, there there are some carriers that don't have uh, great insurance programs, but but for a uh, typical client who's going to shift from being contracted to a motor carrier that has um, has some size to it and and has a good safety record, to going out and getting their own authority, they're typically going to pay quite a bit uh, more in insurance costs. And then you not only have that, but but any uh, fuel discounts that you're getting through the carrier. When you first get your own authority, you're going to be struggling to to compete with those, and so your operating costs uh, go way up on on fuel, also on maintenance. Uh, a lot of a lot of fleets have some uh, discounted maintenance programs that that independent contractors can take advantage of, and and so those kind of things go away. Uh, plus, any operating efficiencies with picking loads. Um, when when you're a one truck uh, operation. And you're not only operating the, the truck, but then trying to find the loads. You can't exactly do that when you're when you're driving down the road. Um, so it, it, it takes quite a bit of coordination. Yeah. And, and one, one, I was just at the uh, IANA meeting, the intermodal show in Long Beach. And this is what somebody said to me that, you know, so, some of the drivers either don't have the skill sets or don't have the time. Yes, they can hire a dispatcher to take care of all, a lot of that. But the problem is, and that's a haircut out of your out of your income. Right. Yeah, I had uh, one client who uh, who did just that, and he was paying ten uh, percent of his revenue cool. uh, to a dispatch service. Um, and and you know, I I only found this out because he was he was telling me that that he was struggling a bit, and so we're uh, just trying to figure out where where things were going wrong. And and as he started walking me through his costs, he he mentioned that he he's paying this to a dispatch service, which is just a an unbelievable amount to to pay for someone to to typically pick two or three loads for you a week, and and if you're talking about someone who's who's grossing say seven thousand dollars a week, and that's a significant amount of I, I I wish I could get a a rate per hour of of what that dispatch service is getting. Only have time for one more question, so I'll kind of go back to something you just said. You said somebody came to you and said they were struggling. Are you finding more people coming to you and saying I'm struggling? We we are seeing uh, a good number of people who who are struggling and making adjustments to their businesses. Uh, so not only was was there carriers or, or people getting their own authority and then operating off of load boards, but there are a lot of motor carriers out there that even got some 
pretty significant size. And, and, and again, they, their benefit was they, they had someone who could help you and they were getting their loads off the load board. Um, and, and, and so some of those companies without contracted freight just can't really offer the revenue opportunities that are, that, that you can get through contracted freight. And certainly they can't off, offer the revenue opportunities that they were say, uh, six, seven months ago. And, and so we are seeing more clients who, who are struggling, recognize that, that something needs to, to change with their business. And so we'll, we'll try to talk, talk with them and help them as, as best we can from, um, making, you know, hopefully some, some small changes to their business. But in, in many cases, um, uh, changing carriers or changing the way they operate so they can, uh, generate more revenue and, and hopefully uh, lower their cost structure at the same time. All right, Matt. Matt Harris, the president of Pathway Leasing, back with us here on Drilling Deep. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, John. You have been watching Drilling Deep. We are part of FreightWaves TV now. You can find us on the just Google FreightWaves TV. Uh, look under shows. Look under Drilling Deep, and you'll see our, our our archives. Which at this point, after Matt's goes in there, now total three. But if you remember, Drilling Deep has an audio archive, and you can look for that too. I've been your host, John Kingston, and please join us again. <laughs>